American Boys Introduction to the Italian Culture, Part 1. During my teaching career, I must have told my humanities and geography students a thousand times, travel is the best education in the world. By experiencing firsthand other cultures, you'll come to better understand your own. And during your travels, you will be exposed to cultural experiences that will simultaneously perplex and enlighten you. In 1995, the opportunity arose for me to help young minds experience what I have been preaching about travel for many years. Two Sacramento area baseball coaches I knew had put together a team of 14, 15, and 16-year-old players that would participate in a three-week summer international baseball tournament in Italy. Knowing that I had traveled extensively throughout Italy and that I had taught subjects that covered Italian history and culture, they asked me to join them on the trip as a team's cultural director. When our Sacramento group boarded the plane for Rome in early July, it consisted of 12 baseball players, two coaches, two parents, the head group director, and myself. Each adult, except for the two parents, had specific group responsibilities. The coaches were in charge of all baseball-related activities. The group director was the overall leader and decision-maker and I was to plan and lead group excursions to nearby places of interest on non-baseball days. Most of the tournament was held in the quaint Adriatic coastal town of Rimini, 165 miles south of Venice. The team stayed at a small family-owned hotel just two short blocks from the beaches of Rimini, which in July were teeming with sunbathers. The hotel owner, Alberto, knew nothing about baseball but he was very excited about hosting a group of teenage Americans who he believed were in turn excited about experiencing the rich Italian art, architecture, and culture found in his part of Italy. After checking in at the hotel, the baseball players were eager to visit the beach, so with instructions to be back by 6 p.m. for dinner at the hotel, they grabbed their towels and headed out. Now, the beaches of the Adriatic Sea are the best in all of Italy. The sand, dotted with sparkling bits of seashells, is soft and bright. The summer Mediterranean climate provides ideal warmth to the pristine waters. Oh, and did I mention that in this part of Italy, the beaches are topless? So it was not entirely unexpected when none of the boys were back at the hotel in time for dinner. The first non-baseball day came, and I was ecstatic about leading the group on our first cultural adventure, Rimini's own Basilica of San Francisco, a 13th century medieval Gothic church which was later transformed into a Renaissance cathedral. Alberto was even more excited for our group to visit the crown jewel of Rimini. So when we all met for breakfast and the day's plans were explained, he touted the cathedral as the very best along the Adriatic Sea south of Venice. Unfortunately, the day didn't go as planned for two reasons. First, our tour director, being an elementary school teacher by profession, was clueless about the proclivities of teenage boys. Rather than make these occasional cultural excursions mandatory, he thought the boys mature enough to decide for themselves what to do during their free time. Second, did I mention that the Rimini beaches were topless? When I asked who would be joining me on our visit to the cathedral, five hands went up, all adults. Giving teenage boys a choice between admiring a 700-year-old church or admiring the sights on the Rimini beaches was a false choice indeed. Alberto sat stunned at the breakfast table. 
and so it was for the remainder of our stay in Rimini. I thought for sure, as did Alberto, that the boys would jump at the opportunity to visit Rodena, a city just 35 miles north of Rimini. At breakfast one morning, I gave an overview of Ravenna, excitedly telling the group members about the city being the capital of the Western Roman Empire during the 5th century, and how it was known for the well-preserved late Roman and Byzantine architecture, and had the best 5th and 6th century mosaics in the Basilica of San Vitale and the Mausoleum of Gala Placidia, and that the great Italian medieval poet Dante Alighieri was buried there. The adults couldn't wait to board the local train for Ravenna. The boys opted for the beach. Dejected Alberto sat, hands covering his face, shaking his head. On our last free day in Rimini, I was absolutely positive the boys would want to visit San Moreno, the mountaintop, semi-independent, medieval walled town just a 35-minute bus ride from Rimini. Thinking I knew my audience, I told the boys that San Moreno was the closest thing they would experience to a real medieval castle on this trip. Knights had lived and died there. Battles had taken place there. Torture had occurred there. All this and more they could experience by joining the day's excursion. But alas, it fell on deaf ears. The adults thoroughly enjoyed sauntering through the narrow cobblestone streets of San Moreno while the boys oogled at the modern-day and alive culture of the Rimini beaches one final time. And as for teary-eyed Alberto, well, by the morning of our adult-only trip to San Moreno, he had given up hope that the American boys would ever experience, as he referred to it, real Italian culture. After nearly two weeks in Rimini, the baseball uh, tournament ended, and much to the chagrin of the boys, our group departed for Lucca, some 100 miles west, where the team was scheduled to play a few additional baseball games. I was delighted to leave Rimini, thinking that Tuscany, free of beaches and the home of the Italian Renaissance, would pique the boys' interest in, as our Alberto called it, some real Italian culture. I couldn't have been more wrong, but you'll have to wait for part two to find out why. Thanks for listening to this edition of You Gotta Be Schmittin' Me.